I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. You know, here at Ministry Watch, we bring you news about Christian ministries, as well as the latest in charity and philanthropy, news that we examine from a Christian worldview perspective. Our goal is to help us become better stewards of the resources that God has entrusted to us. These midweek extra episodes are a chance for us to go deep with a particular topic, and this week, I want to take a deep dive into trail Life USA with my friend Mark Hancock. Uh, today, uh, we're going to talk about both the growth that Trail Life USA has had and also a little bit about what Mark is seeing out there in the world of ministry with youth and with boys in particular. Uh, Mark Hancock is the author of the book, Why Are We Sitting Here Until We Die?, as well as two booklets, uh, Let Boys Be Boys, Three Winning Strategies for Leaders of Boys, and Five Critical Needs of Boys. In addition to being CEO of Trail Life USA, I should also say in a spirit of full disclosure that Mark is a friend and that we have worked together on a number of ministry activities over the last few years. So Mark, welcome to the program. Thanks, Warren. It's great to be with you. And, you know, Mark, it's always great to chat with you about Trail Life USA, uh, but I've got to be honest with you and tell you that I probably would am a little more interested in talking with you right now because of the news uh, surrounding the Boy Scouts over the last couple of months. Um, so l- why don't we just kind of start there? The The Scouts has has been in free fall uh, for the last uh, you know, years, some number of years, but within the last couple of months in particular. And um, how has that affected Trail Life USA? Have you all seen a lot of migration from the scouting movement over to Trail Life? Well, we haven't seen as much as we saw initially. You know, I believe that because we're so different from them in terms of the, the clarity of expressing our values, we're unapologetically Christian. That's that we, you know, we're, we're a ministry first uh, and I think that uh, the folks who that made a difference to, a lot of them have migrated over. Um, uh, so we're not seeing the huge numbers uh, of transition, but we do we do hear a lot. Uh, and, and the communication is a little bit different where we used to hear from individuals who are saying, I'm thinking about leaving my troop. Now we're hearing from entire charter organizations or even Boy Scout councils are saying, you know, we've got to do something about this. We, you know, uh, and, and they've been chatting with us about about what it would look like for them to be involved with Trail Life. So, uh, it, you know, it's it, it's a different type of involvement in the last year or so than what we saw earlier. Earlier, we saw thousands of families and troops that moved over from from Boy Scouts because they, you know, they, they were not in agreement with the um, the direction of Boy Scouts. But now now we're just seeing it coming from a different angle. Let's talk a little bit about that clarity that uh, you guys have at Trail Life USA that um, has been lost at um, at the Boy Scout level. Um, you know, it, it is ironic to me as I've covered this story off and on both for World Magazine and now uh, here at Ministry Watch for probably, you know, at least eight or nine years that I've been covering this story. And really, I've had an active interest in scouting for probably 30 or 40 years um, that Every time an organization decides they want to become more tolerant and more inclusive, they end up shrinking. They end up driving off a precipice. And when an organization decides, you know, maybe tolerance and inclusion is not the highest value, maybe a commitment to a core group of 
principles is the highest value. Those are the organizations that seem to be growing. That's certainly been the experience at Trail Life. Yeah, it really is interesting to see that because, you know, we had 70% growth over last year in terms of, of new members, new people joining the program. Uh, when we look at other youth serving organizations in that same period of time, and we haven't found any that have grown at all. We actually came out of COVID and now have uh, record numbers, over over 37,000 members now, which is the highest number we've ever reached because of those distinctives. You know, uh, you can't say that it's, uh, some people would say, well, people are just coming out of COVID and they're wanting to get active again. Well, if that was true, then we would see youth sports programs growing and we're not. We would see uh, other youth uh, type organizations growing and they're not. But Trail Life is, and it's grown, you know, pretty quickly. And I think it is because we've taken that stance. I think people want organizations that state clearly who they are uh, and, and that are unapologetic about who they are. You know, when you look at that, you look at the hundreds of numbers of cable channels we have and things like that. So they're getting more and more focused on the audiences that they're reaching. And you would think these organizations will say, well, we need to be more clear about who it is that we're serving and serve them really well. But instead, they're trying to serve everybody. And you're not going to have a channel that everybody's going to watch anymore. And so I think that the more focused we are on who it is that we are, uh, number one, that's energizing for us. It's satisfying for us because, my gosh, Warren, I can't think of anything more satisfying than saying we're making a difference in a generation of men and boys. Uh, in the, the more spiritual we are, the more committed to Christ, the more vocal we are about that the more we are able to bring that change about and the more we're attracting people who are like us. Uh, so it would just seem like watering yourself down by trying to appeal to more people is, is, is not the direction, even from a marketing standpoint, uh, but from an eternal standpoint, I think the, the track that we've chosen here is the right one. And I think God's blessing yeah. Well, it sure seems to me that that's the case too, Mark. And I just want to congratulate you and your leadership team for what you have done to go from startup um, zero, literally, just a very few years ago to 37,000 um, is just a, a really remarkable accomplishment. And I do want to congratulate you on that. Now, l- let me, though, also try to drill into that a little bit. So let's stipulate for the record that, you know, sort of the meltdown of the Boy Scouts has caused, you know, people to look for alternatives. Let's stipulate for the record that y'all's clear commitment to Christian principles um, has, um, in the midst of that darkness, been a bright light, and so you've attracted people in that way. Uh, I'm also wondering, though, Mark, if you might sort of step back even from those two factors, and what's going on in the culture? What is it that's happening now that um, that is causing parents and causing even the boys themselves to say, you, you know what, I, I'm i looking for something that um, helps build character. I'm looking for something that helps build leadership. Is there, um, you know, is there something you are doing or is there something that you are doing uh, vis-a-vis the culture that is also contributing to y'all's growth? Yeah, I'm sure that the culture has to be playing a part because I think that people are looking for some sanity. And uh, so it's remarkable, Warren, over the years as Boy Scouts has made different decisions. The decision that they made that brought us the most growth 
was when they open up to girls. And, um, you know, you would think, okay, well, that's that's a lot less controversial than transgender leaders or homosexual leaders, those sorts of things. But it drove the most numbers to us. And I think it's because it just makes the most sense. And I think that people understand intuitively that boys and girls are different. And so we have a program that is laser focused on boys and the challenges that boys are having. And here's what is it we're discovering. And I think this is this is what's drawing families to us. It's number one, boys are largely unguided. Uh, the male mentors have disappeared from their lives. You know, 43% of households with boys don't have a father there. 78% of teachers are female. So boys are surrounded by female leadership. Uh, and so parents are recognizing they need a male focused program. So we're providing that guidance for unguided boys. Boys are ungrounded. You look at a culture that's kind of lost its morals. You know, 58% of Americans now believe that the Bible is not the foundation for morality. 58% more, and that's striking. And so uh, you know, people are concerned about that. So where do you go? Well, like you said, character. When you're talking about growing character, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna grow character in a boy, you've got to begin with language like that's good behavior and that's bad behavior. But where does good and bad come from if you don't have some sort of a moral absolute? And so we provide that moral absolute, the word of God, so we can teach boys character because we can say what's good and we can say what's bad because we have a book <laughs> that tells us that. So you've got unguided boys, ungrounded boys, and unappreciated boys. You know, boys and girls are different. And, uh, Boys develop differently. There's so many things that are different about boys scientifically it points to. And trial life accounts for that. We know boys and girls are different. They have strengths that girls don't have. They have weaknesses that girls don't have. Our schools are aimed at, 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 uh, at girls. They're built for girls. Our churches are built for girls. Trail life is built for boys. And so I think parents are attracted to that culture, understanding that their boys need to be more appreciated. And finally, boys are uninspired. You know, uh, we've largely removed risk and competition from their lives. And boys need risk and competition. They don't care so much about things that don't have something at stake. They need to know somebody's keeping score. They need to know they are going to be rewarded. And so we're bringing inspiration boys because of a robust awards program. We have awards that make sense. If you earn it, you get it. If you don't earn it, you don't get it. And boys like that environment. You know, the video games do a great job with that environment. They give you scores, levels, awards. I mean, that's why boys are drawn to that environment because they are encouraging risk and competition and there's reward. They don't get that anywhere else. People are drawn to trail life because we've restored risk and competition. We challenge boys, we keep them safe, but we challenge them to do difficult things. Climb a mountain, um, make a plan, do a six month project, you know, do something for your community, achieve these goals, achieve these awards, achieve achieve this spiritual award. You know, so we put these, these things in front of them and we allow them to succeed and we reward them for succeeding rather than rewarding everybody. So when boys are ungrounded, when boys are, 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 are unguided, we guide them. When they are ungrounded, we ground them. Where they're unappreciated, we appreciate them. When they're uninspired, we inspire them. And I think that that's the sort of thing that's bringing success uh, to boys. And I think more than this is, there's something going on you know, I, I, what I hear in my spirit is that there's a remnant that's rising. And as much as we think that through trail life, we are saving boys, I think we are raising a generation that's going to save us. I think it's largely uh, too late for you and I 
to turn this culture around. But we're pouring truths into a generation of boys, truths that maybe we didn't get so well. We're pouring truths into them, and they're going to grow up to be the type of men who will deliver us. And so in the process of raising this next generation of godly young men, we're saving our generation. We're saving future generations. And I think that God is behind that. I think parents are behind that, and boys are loving it. Mm. Well, you know, that is such a powerful word, Mark, and I really appreciate it so much. You know, you you said something that I want to drill into a little bit, and in part because, you know, there's been this viral video that's been going around the last few days. CBS News did a piece about this high school that was just in chaos, and um, uh, the a couple of dads started showing up. I think they called it dads on duty and they wore these t-shirts and, and, you know, these knuckleheaded boys kind of shaped up in the presence of these dads that just started showing up on campus and just being present. They really weren't doing that much. They were just being physically present in, in those boys lives. And it really reformed that school. And it strikes me that that need for men just to show up in boys' lives. They don't have to, I mean, obviously getting some great training and would would be a good thing. And I, and I know you guys at Trail Life offer that. But, but um, one of the things that you said just a few moments ago about men um, uh, being sort of unavailable to a lot of boys these days and how Trail Life just puts men and boys in proximity one with another – that alone strikes me as kind of worth the price of admission right there. Yeah, it really is a powerful thing. And what those men did exactly was said they those were unguided youth and they came in as guides and said, this is how you behave. And a lot of those youth in that school, I think in particular, if I understand the, the, the demographics of that school, they may not have a father in the household, but they got a father at school now. And just that simple presence makes such a difference. And that's what we're doing in Trail Life. We're, we're bringing godly men who are mentors and guides, they're background checked, uh, child safety youth protection trained, trained trained to, to function our program, they keep each other accountable, and they're providing leadership for boys, and you're seeing those kind of results. That's what boys need. They need men to step up and be role models for them when we've been discounted men uh, for so long. You know, boyhood is not some sort of social disease that needs to be eradicated. It needs <laughs> to be encouraged, and we need to provide good guidance for boys. You know, Boys have a gyroscope on the inside and they need to know who's in charge, who's with me and what is our mission. And that's what those men are doing when they walk into that into that place. They're established. They're answering those questions. Who's in charge? They're saying, all right, dad is in the house. I'm here. Now, whether or not they're calling themselves dad, that's the role they're playing there. All right. The grownups are here. You know, they're saying we are we are in charge. I'm going to stop you in the hallways. I'm going to talk with you. Who's who's in charge? Who's with me? Now, all those guys wear this matching T-shirts. They're establishing this is who we are. And that's that that draws boys to them when they understand who who, who they're with. If they're going to stand with those men, they're part of something bigger than they are. It stands for more than they are. And that's powerful for boys, very attractive boys. And then what's our mission? And these men clearly say, I'm a dad on duty. I, I'm here to bring change. And that, that's a powerful thing that when you can take that gyroscope and a boy, you know, who's really good at that? born is gangs. You know, they clearly say, who's in charge? Who's with me? You know, they, they put you in, these are our colors. This is our gang side. This is who we are. They establish that community. And then they, 
then they provide a mission. And gangs are extremely successful in recruiting boys. We need to steal a page from their, page, from their playbook and say, listen, we need to do that for boys. Who's with me? What is our mission? Boys are drawn to that kind of environment. They're hungry for that kind of environment. And you saw that happen in that school. Well, Mark, I want to pivot in our conversation just a little bit as we sort of bring things to a close here, because you said something a few moments ago that I'd like to bring back up again and, and also um, kind of drill down on a little bit. And that is that that trail life has been um, that some of your more recent growth has been coming not from uh, individuals um, that are coming necessarily, even though you've had still a lot of that, but but whole church bodies, whole larger organizations that are concerned about maybe the liability or the vulnerability that they have at continuing to sponsor or charter um, Boy Scout units and that are having, you know, sort of more strategic conversations with you. So l- let's talk to church leaders for a minute. We don't probably have a lot of boys listening to this podcast, um, but we do have a lot of church leaders listening uh, to this podcast. And um, I think church leaders uh, are at a bit of a of a crossroads themselves, especially in terms of their relationship with the Boy Scouts of America. Um that uh, you know, the Mormon Church has already completely severed ties. Uh, the Methodist Church has given their churches guidance that they should probably not recharter whenever it comes time to recharter. The Southern Baptist uh, historically have, has not been maybe in the forefront, but they're the largest evangelical denomination, and they've also chartered a couple of thousand scouting units. Um, Make your pitch, Mark. If I'm a if I'm a pastor or a church leader, you're thinking uh, about terminating my relationship with the Boy Scouts of America, but knowing that I want to be a part of what you've been talking about, I'm I want to be a part of providing character and leadership uh, opportunities for young men and boys. Um, what what do you have to say to those church leaders? We're not a group that meets in the basement of a church. We consider ourselves an outreach of that local church. We are partners with that ministry in growing that local church. And that's a big difference. We have a representative in every troop who is called the troop ministry liaison, who works between the pastor and the troop and making sure that that troop is serving the church and that the church is serving that troop. We are a part of that local church. We're not just using the basement to meet in. So that is a, that's a big difference. Another key difference that pastors need to keep in mind is that, uh, you know, you may look at trail life and Boy Scouts, it's kind of the same. They have uniforms and handbooks and hiking and outdoors and leadership and those sorts of things. But there's two critical differences that if they matter to you, you don't really have a choice. If they don't matter to you, stay with Boy Scouts. They've been around a long time. You probably, you know, this, they, their store has more stuff in it than we do. You know, so, But we're Christ-centered and we're boy-focused. And those are, we think those are significant differences. And so if those are important to you, you really don't have a choice. Yeah. You know, if you're a pastor and, and Christ Center makes a difference to you, which you would hope it does, is there really a choice? If you if you understand the difference between boys and girls in that society needs a boost in understanding that there are differences and boys need uh, security, knowing who they are, then you don't have a choice because Boy Scout is confusing that message. So, uh, and in terms of safety, you can't just go somewhere and join our organization, like with Boy Scouts. You can become a member of Boy Scouts. If you're going to be an adult member in Trail Life USA, you are approved, known, and spoken for by that local representative of that church. So that pastor has the opportunity to approve, 
uh, every single member uh, of, of that troop, who's serving in that troop. And in fact, there, we have some position in the troop where we, there, we require personal reference letters from people in that church that speak to the character of that man. So that's the difference between us and, and, and Boy Scouts is you have absolute control over your local membership. And ideally, you have a personal relationship with every adult member who's serving in that troop. And that's a difference. And that's one of the reasons that we can be more confident in the child protection uh, principles that we have in place, because that church has appointed that leader. They personally know that leader. We're also background checked and complete child safety youth protection training. Uh, we have very simple policies for that are foolproof policies that keep boys safe. We're doing all those things right. We're wide open, uh, transparent incidents practices. If something were to happen, we don't we don't handle our own cases. We outsource those. Somebody else does all that. We're we're not interested in in, in hiding. If we were to make a mistake, we want to fix it. So we have a, you know, remember we're forged in the fires of this failure on Boy Scouts part, both to remain true to their principles and to protect boys. And so we're very careful to remain focused on those things. Remember who we are and don't be part, depart from that. And remember that job one is to keep boys safe. So we're structured that way from the beginning. We don't have to fix something that was broken. Uh, we have policies and procedures in place that keep the church safe and, and keep us focused on the main thing, which is bringing boys to Christ. Well, Mark, I really appreciate uh, you being on the program today, and I also appreciate the work that you guys are doing in Trail Life USA. I've had the opportunity to observe it up close and personal, as they say, and um, and just can vouch for it in, um, in in every particular that that I've witnessed. Which at this point has been a lot of particulars. <laughs> so, so thanks for uh, what you're doing. Any final word before we go? No, I want to thank you, uh, and then I just want to encourage you, your your listeners, if, if they want to know more about Trail Life, it's trailifeusa.com, and there's an interactive map. You put in your zip code, you find a troop nearby. If there isn't one, start one. <laughs> it takes five adults in a, in a church that's interested in seeing the next generation uh, become godly men, and relatively easy process to go through. Great training materials, all online stuff that makes it simple for a troop to get up and running and making a difference in their community. Well, very good. Well, you've been listening in on my conversation with Mark Hancock. He's the CEO of Trail Life USA. Uh, before we go, just a quick reminder that this show exists because of the generosity of our readers and listeners. We take no money from the ministries we cover. There's no advertising on our website. We are completely listener and reader funded. If you'd like to make a donation to Ministry Watch, just go to ministrywatch.com and hit the donate tab at the top of the page. And if money is a little tight right now, I get it. I've been there a time or two myself. There's still something that you can do to help this program. You can rate us on your podcast app. The more ratings we get, the higher we rank with search engines, and that means that other people can find us more easily. Rating us just takes a second, doesn't cost you a dime. It's free, easy, and an important way that you can support the Ministry Watch podcast. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosel and Steve Gandy. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Goddard, Stephen DeBerry, and Casey Suddeth. I'm Warren Smith, and until next time, may God bless you.